Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Luke Holloway, editor of The Journal. In this episode, I'll be talking to Mandy Hunt and Laura Hancock. In this episode of the podcast, we're discussing the Financial Conduct Authority's consumer duty, which came into effect at the end of July. We'll be talking about the impact it has had on the insurance profession so far, as well as looking to the future and what opportunities and challenges there may be. I'm joined by Mandy Hunt, Chair of the CII's Underwriting Community Board, and Laura Hancock, Chair of the CII's Broking Community Board. Here's my conversation with Mandy and Laura. Hello, Mandy. Hello, Laura. And thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, yeah. Good to be here. Hi, yeah. It's great to have you with us. Mandy, if we could come to you first, the the consumer duty represents a hugely significant change in UK regulation in insurance and financial services, doesn't it? Um, How has it impacted underwriters? So I think there's a a handful of things in there, to be honest, Luke. And culture, I think, is one of the big ones. And what I mean by that is the culture of evidence and making sure that insurers have written down um, their thought processes around the way they have been putting the customer at the heart of their decisions around their products and services. They were at the heart of what we do. Now we're trying to evidence they're at the heart of everything we do as well. So I think there's this kind of double-edged sword now, which is is, is good. Um, but in terms of the impact, I think it's about time, predominantly about the amount of time it probably takes to um, collaborate across the business, collect data, understand the trends, be able to make assessments, ensure your documentation and, and, and wordings and things are where they need to be and have that at the heart of everything that you're doing. So I think it's it's got a lot of different layers and there'll be some people more impacted if you're a product owner than maybe if you're an underwriter in your day job. But ultimately, it's only a good thing. Absolutely. And, and Laura, Mandy speaks about the effect on, on the entire culture uh, of, of insurance. I mean, have you seen um, uh, similar changes for the broking profession? Um, yeah, it's really interesting. And we talked about this this culture piece um, recently in our own business. Um, I think insurance brokers by their nature have the, what, what insurance brokers do is they go out to the market and they look for the best price value service. They, they look for the best deal for their customers and they stand or fall by those kind of the advice that they give and the, the, the products that they're offering. So I don't think brokers have had a huge culture shift. Uh, what's been really interesting is, is that the duty has kind of brought to the forefront some of the things that we accepted as normal in our industry, which now we're questioning because they might not be for the good of the customer. And that's things around uh, additional fees on policies and the way the way things are charged for clients. And so there's an increased focus on fairness for the customer, which has enabled us as brokers to challenge some things back to insurers and finance houses and, and um, all the people offering those products. So, yeah, it's definitely just brought it all into more sharp focus. And staying with you, Laura, have there been many challenges that we haven't spoken about for brokers in, in meeting the new requirements? Uh, well, much the same as as Mandy said for insurers, um, brokers believe wholeheartedly that they've always done the best thing for their clients. Um, so the challenge is to constantly evidence that and the duty requires you to evidence the good outcomes and the bad outcomes and what you're doing about them. So actually recording all of that 
information in a way that you can draw some meaningful conclusions as a board and a senior leadership team is is one challenge. I think we're also in broking still suffering from the fallout from the uh, implementation of the Prod 4 rules, which came before the consumer duty implementation. And that is the constant barrage of data requests from insurers in different formats um, in respect of pricing, uh, value, distribution, fees, remuneration. So that's still a challenge for insurance brokers. And I know businesses have had to employ people just to deal with those those requests. And Mandy, and what kind of challenges have underwriters found, particularly uh, in the focus needed to evidence outcomes for customers? Well, I think it's really similar to what Laura's just said, Judge. Yes, I guess just in a different place. That we've had to predominantly increase the number of people that are supporting in the compliance and the evidencing part of this process. Um, and, and what I'm not saying is that's wrong, by the way. I'm just saying that is a, an outcome of what, what has been done. Um, it is really important that you can look at your products as an insurer and um, have confidence in, in the value they're providing and the documentation and how a consumer can understand them. Um, but of course, when you do that and you have to have more people, you do put a bit of pressure on your expense line, which you know I guess at the moment for insurers, many will be finding the challenge of the cost of living crisis being you know playing through into, into results, particularly in perhaps motor and some of the other lines where where we're seeing massive inflation and the impact of that so I think I think expense is probably the big thing for insurers in terms of just working through the number of people that they might need and and the time it takes that means that some people are doing things that they would have done something else before and now they're doing this um as I say I just want to be clear I'm not saying it's a bad thing it's just a consequence of what has happened because um I think you know Laura's right about prod four there was a lot of work going on there I said I think the other part of that is um a lot of businesses will have a data challenge in terms of pulling the the data needed to make those assessments as well um because of legacy systems and the challenges that will present so yeah probably cost and data I think are probably the two big ones and there are insurance firms of all sizes, of course, aren't there, Mandy? Um, how do you feel the new consumer duty requirements uh, have been for smaller firms? Are they slightly more harder to implement at all? I don't think they're necessarily harder. I guess with scale comes volume, right? So everyone is going to be finding that they've got a lot to do. And things maybe, you know, to Laura's point, people were doing lots of the evidencing, but maybe now we've just got to take it up a level. It's like a higher duty to evidence it. But I I think um, the difference for smaller firms is they are probably having to outsource some of those areas of expertise, which, which will give them you know, the impression perhaps of being harder um, because they probably don't have all of the component parts the larger companies will have, which is big compliance teams um, and governance teams that can, can maybe take some of that pressure on. So I think that the, the duty is the same wherever you are. Scale drives some of it. But as I say, for me, I think I think the, the big thing is um, the smaller firms will need to outsource a lot more of that um, work would be my guess to, to be able to, you know, meet the requirements on time. And Laura, would you agree with what Mandy said there? I mean, would there be any kind of different approach from smaller firms compared to larger firms? Uh, Well, I mean, our business is a smaller firm. We employ 30 people. um, And because we're a truly independent broker, we've got hundreds of different agencies and insurers and products and things that we deal with. So the actual task of producing fair value assessments and um, 
going through all that work has been quite big. But as Mandy said, it's all about this proportionate. Um, so yeah, a smaller firm has less data. So I feel as though the larger companies might have more of a challenge because of that data, the legacy systems that Mandy talked about, um, trying to pull that together and draw meaningful conclusions feels a, a, a tougher job than it, it does for a smaller firm like ours, where our, our value and how we um, charge for what we do and everything that sits around that is kind of much easier to uh, pull together and draw conclusions from. So, yeah, and I, I'll repeat myself slightly here, but I think a biggest challenge as a smaller firm is, as I say, the, the barrage of requests for data in different formats from different insurers. And I sit here seeing that coming into our business and wondering how much is being done with that data at the other end and, and what, what conclusions are being drawn. Because um, as I say, no two insurers have the same approach to it. So as a small broker, you're filling in different portals and spreadsheets and data requests and wondering what's happening at the other end. So yeah, challenges on both sides, I think. And uh, you kindly both joined us on the podcast earlier this year, um, where we spoke about some of the benefits and the opportunities that the consumer duty could bring to to each of your respective sectors. Um, So, Laura, have you seen um, any of those benefits or opportunities in the first few months of implementation? I've enjoyed the opportunity to discuss certain things that go on, um, which, as I said at the start of this podcast, that we might have taken as that's just the way it happens in our industry. The consumer duty has enabled us to challenge some things. So um, one thing we've done is we've put a on our staff intranet, we've got a big button on the first page that says log your consumer duty issues um, that come up and how we deal with them. And we've got things on there from challenging finance houses on on the way uh, they return premiums are calculated to raising and a fee that we think is disproportionate to the premium with an MGA to, to all sorts of different things. So um, it has been a good opportunity for us to raise a lot of these things and get better deals for our customers. And I think those conversations are really healthy. And Mandy, similarly, have you, have you found that, that there's been benefits in the underwriting sector? As you say, positive customer outcomes are always at the heart of, of what insurers do. Um, but what have you seen since uh, the, the duty came into force in July? So, so I think um, I think to Laura's point, just from a slightly different angle, which is people just slightly thinking differently. You know, sometimes I think requests come in from brokers, and you you kind of you you can just do, we'll do it or we won't do it. Now you've got to think about the lens of is is it right um, from a, a customer point of view, from an outcome point of view. And that drives people to think differently, which I think is only good for our industry because I think you can have way more confidence in what is being um, delivered to to consumers. Um, And I think when you start to question about value, I've seen on my local Facebook page a few questions recently from people about motor insurance, home insurance. Um, And when I think what you play through into some of that is – the need for us to be more clear with consumers about what decisions are being made. And I say that, you know, completely generically across the industry, because you can see questions about understanding. So consumer duty is only going to help to start to build that um, out. And I think that's a, that's a really, really good thing. And, and Laura's point is really well made around being able to challenge some of those things. You know, we, we need to make sure we have a, a mirror up to ourselves all the time, I think, in, in, in our industry. And, and, the, and the FCA have done some good stuff about trying to make us think differently in terms of value and documentation and customer support. Um, and, and I think over the next two or three years, we'll start to see more and more things coming through um, as we all start to evolve and, and build on, on, the, on the requirements of the, the Act at the minute. 
and that leads us really nicely into the feedback that either of you've got from our CII community members. Um, of course, you both have the role of, of being chair of the, the community board. Mandy, what have our members been saying in terms of how well they've been able to implement the requirements or also gather evidence around um, those positive customer outcomes? So, yeah, we um, I, I, I talked to some of the board members. So this is not a complete, you know, broad comment of the whole market but but from the board members I think lots of positivity lots of recognition of the importance of the evidence and the work that needs to be done to be able to evidence it and and that's been really well received I think the point around time um, is definitely in there um, in in terms of being able to collaborate certainly you know I guess in big organizations you've got to bring lots of different people who've got lots of different demands together in small organizations you've got different challenges but I've obviously come from a bigger organization so that collaboration can be can be harder in just trying to you know get everyone on the in the same meeting or something like that so so I think you know overall really good very positive around what what it's trying to deliver and the big thing actually people called out was the um, introduction of a lot of training in, in in their businesses which is helpful to them but really helpful as we bring new people into the industry to have a really consistent understanding of, of what what is needed. And Laura, have you found similar feedback um, from the Broken Board or the community members um, in the Broken community? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, consumer duty has uh, been met with positivity and broking for the, for the reasons I mentioned, that it's enabled brokers to uh, push harder for better customer outcomes. It's also enabled brokers to um, look at everything that they do and make sure that that is in line with um, good customer outcomes. One example, um, one small example is in the collection of premiums um, and in our, in our industry, in our sector, if a premium hadn't been paid, there was a process, insurers go down a route of then cancel a policy if it hasn't. And, and what consumer duty has done for us in that process is, and we've done it in our business, we say no policy gets cancelled without checking that the consumer has had a fair deal here. So, have the insurers issued the documents? Have we invoiced the client correctly? And it's actually resulted in some really positive changes in how we collect money from customers. So, um, I've heard stories like that from brokers all around. And the fact that consumer duty has the four pillars of, of product, of service, of consumer understanding and of price and value, it's just it's taking uh, treating customers fairly, which was the principle we all we all talked about before. It's taken that to the next level and it's enabled us to actually make some changes in the business. Um, so, yeah, I think it's been met with positivity. Fantastic. Thank you, Laura. And Mandy, how are members being supported by the Chartered Insurance Institute? So, so I think the first thing really to call out is, is, is the need for every business to have their own standard and their own ways of doing things. So, it, it, you know, collectively, it's hard to go and tell everybody you must do it this way from, from a, a central point of view, because every business will pick the way they want to train, operate, have a process, have a governance structure or whatever. Um, so I think I think you've got two things going on in terms of support. You've got the generic stuff that the CII have done, which is to give some understanding there's been local institute stuff. There's been more generic stuff, which I think is really good around understanding. But but we have to recognise in this that companies need to set their own standard, their own process, their own governance, and they need to set training material that supports that their employees in that. Um, and so I think I think what what what's really good is there's loads of training and there's loads of opportunity for people to understand what what it means for them. Excellent. And, and Mandy, where would you direct our listeners um, for further resources for, or for more information? Uh, so obviously their own companies is really important because that has to be the standard by which all the members want to operate. But the CII have a number of things. Laura probably can come in around some of the work she does with Bieber, 
and um, some of those central things. And of course, there's lots of other organisations like some of the big accountancy firms who are offering lots of support. There's there's governance and compliance firms that will have opportunity. Um, local institutes are doing stuff. So, um, I mean, to, to be honest, Google consumer duty, either in Google or on um, LinkedIn. And I think you get a plethora of information. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Laura, any final words from you or where you direct um, our listeners for further resources? Um, yeah, I, I think I'll just say, I mean, the, the community boards at the CII, we're there to um, help members to get a, a more sector specific uh, experience from their membership. So I would say if any uh, broking individuals or businesses out there would like any to raise anything in relation to consumer duty, I would say come to your community boards and the same on underwriting and the same on claims. Um, and yeah, Bieber is a, a fantastic resource for brokers in particular. Um, you've got David Sparks heading up the um, compliance at Bieber and any feedback on consumer duty will be welcomed um, at, uh, at Bieber. And then there's lots of advice and practical support around creating frameworks, building fair value assessments and all of that kind of work. So there really is a lot of support out there. Well, thank you, Laura, and thank you, Mandy, for joining us today. Um, as we've we've spoken about, it's a hugely significant change, hopefully predominantly a, a positive one, but it's great to hear um, both your experiences so far and um, the experiences of our, our members as well. So thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you. My pleasure. No problem. And thank you very much for listening to this episode of CII Radio. Uh, for more podcasts and useful links, you can visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Or for the Consumer Duty Toolkit, you can also visit cii.co.uk forward slash consumer dash duty. So until next time, thank you for joining us and goodbye. <laughs>